Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way. Back again with our match reaction stream after Arsenal have returned to the top of the Premier League table after a 3-1 win against Chelsea. I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this one. Charlie, not a bad start to the week. It's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday. It is, yeah. yeah, back to winning ways. Couldn't ask for more, could you? No, exactly. I mean, I think it's a perfect reaction from from City. We kind of like eased into the game. It was, it was kind of always in our hands. I mean, even from the kickoff, and it was just a fantastic kind of way to get back to winning ways after the kind of poor run of results that we've had over the past few weeks. And now the pressure's back on City. So, I think now that we've kind of shown City that we can still ease through these games at the stage of the season that it's at. You never know, it could change hands quite easily, but you never know. City are as good as they are, but clearly from tonight, we're as good as we are. Yeah, 100%. I think the way we look at these final five games, we discussed it, I think, yesterday um, on the morning agenda. We've got five games Um left of this season now obviously for what Arsenal have to do is keep the pressure on Manchester City for me don't have any regrets don't come towards the end of the season and think ah oh, imagine if we beat Chelsea oh, imagine if we went to St James's Park and picked up a win we could have won this league title because Manchester City in these final games um, in the stretch of the Premier League campaign European campaign there'll be a time where things will get tough for City they're human, like they're a phenomenal team, formidable outfit, but there'll be problems that they'll encounter in the final games and they'll have to solve. What we have to do is win our games, get to 90 points, and then if Manchester City top that, fair enough, they won the Premier League title. I'll hold my hands up. But we can't give ourselves any regrets. We can't let this season um, finish our whimper if that makes sense yeah. like you've done so much good for for most of this season don't let it finish uh, at a negative but i think today it was a very good performance um they came up against a chelsea team which are um, not not the best if i'm honest but we need to forget about that we've got a job to do and the job is play well get the three points on board um, i'm going to speak about the negatives because I, I, I always have to because I do get annoyed with certain things that we still do. But in terms of the first half performance, um, we controlled it, dominated, um, and we made changes. Uh, we'll speak about the changes first. Jakob Kibior came on. Um, he replaced Rob Holding in the starting eleven. Jorginho, who I thought was fantastic. He dictated the game, controlled the tempo. Very good performance. Leandro Trossard came in for Martinelli. But we'll speak up on, on Kibior and Jorginho because obviously we know how well Trossard has done this season. For the first, I think it was the first minute, Kibior, I think he, he miss, mistimed his uh, jump and he, he missed a header. But apart from that, I thought he was solid. For me, it shows that when we have two defenders like Kibior and Gabriel, Gabriel William Saliba, they, they press up so high up the pitch and I've said it continually. And it allows us to play our game because we know that if Chelsea hit us on the counter, if any team hits us on the counter, we've got the capabilities and the pace to track back. Kirill apparently is one of the fastest players in, in at Arsenal right now. Apparently he's been breaking records in terms of setting pace records, if not many people knew that. So 
I thought he looked composed. He looked um, calm on the ball. Uh, I know it was a bit unnervy at the start, but I know when we can't really compare him because Chelsea's front three was awful if we're being Sterling. I know Maduki got a goal, Aubameyang. The less said about him, the better. But it was it was a it was a good cameo, wasn't it? And Jorginho again, really really good performance, controlled the tempo, and it's it's just annoying because you would have loved to see Mikel Arteta make these changes a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think. So I'm going to start with Kivior because you know over the past few weeks what my kind of like thoughts of him have been about. And I mean, yes, as you say, Chelsea, not the not the best team that we've ever played against. And especially the front three, it's not the most dangerous. But mm. I think part of what I said about Kivior can go out the window. I was quite sceptical when I first saw that lineup because... I know, I know Holden isn't the best, but I still know what I'm going to get out of him. So with Kivior, because we haven't seen too much of him, and when he came on against Liverpool in the Premier League, he just, I thought that he was terrible. But then again, in the dying moments of the game, I think everyone of our players was pretty terrible in that game. So I think I had to scratch that and... I think Arteta's actually done really well in changing it up a little bit. We we spoke about this before. Um, we've changed stuff up. I think it was after the City game. We were speaking about kind of a bit of rotation. I think Arteta needs to get out of his like kind of like stubborn ways of of change and change a team every so often because it's it's good for a bit of rotation. Teams don't know what they're going to come up against. And Kivior, he actually did really well. As you say, he was a little bit shaky to start off with. He did kind of like take his time to get into the game. But I mean, it's his first Premier League start. That's always going to happen, isn't it? It's always going to happen. And I think he, I mean, he proved me wrong today. I think he was actually a very, very solid player today for us. Maybe he could have even been better than Gabriel. Hmm. That's obviously for, for you guys to decide in the comments. But I'm very happy with him and I'm very happy that we can actually prove that we can use two left-sided players in centre-back roles. We can prove that he can replace Rob Holding, Gabriel and Kivior can play. And you never know, maybe when Saliba comes back, I mean, we're talking next season probably, aren't we, that Saliba and Kivior can play. Hmm. I think at times he wasn't as strong as I wanted him to be and there were a couple of points where I think he should have kind of put his head... Yeah, that's, but... yeah. sorry to interrupt. I, I, I agree with you in terms of what, what you just said. I think when it comes to aerially, what, when, what I see with Kibio right now is what I saw from William Saliba last season when he was uh, on loan at Marseille and when he was playing well, obviously, but he was he had difficulties in terms of aerially. He was starting to get accustomed to that side of his game. And I think this season he, he's come leaps and bounds. But I see a player in Kibio. I think he has the nucleus, he has the body, he has the pace. He just needs a run of games for me. I think he'll be much better next season. He'll be accustomed to the league. He'll be accustomed to how Arsenal perform week in, week out. Sorry if you hear any background noise. I think it's my cats fighting next week or something. But I see I see I see a lot of positives from Kirill and I see a player in there, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. I I I completely agree with you with that. There are just a couple of kind of like bits in his game that mm. need to be kind of like, I wouldn't say fixed, I'd say Find improved. Out, 
Yeah. And I think there were times where he needed to get stuck in where where he didn't. But then again, it's a confidence thing. It's a thing that he needs to get into the game with. And he eventually started doing what he needed to be doing at the at the back. Because, I mean, as I said, a little bit shaky, but then he just gets into it. And yeah, I, I agree. I reckon he will be better next season because... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him more often um, because of how well he played tonight. Maybe we'll see Holden actually stay on the bench, play Gabriel and Kivior. And that run of games that you're talking about will give him that confidence, will kind of like set a structure in our side as well. Because I've said before with Holden, I think I've really kind of like nailed into him after the city game that he would press, he would press too far forward, get mm. too stuck in, and then leave a massive gap behind. And mm. Kivior, he did, you didn't see any yeah. of that from him today. And I, I don't know whether that's a thing that Arteta's kind of drilled into him because that's a big area that we needed to work on, or whether it was just that's just what Kivior's game is. Either way, it worked very well, and I'm very pleased for him. I'm pleased that. He had a very solid game, very good performance on his uh, starting debut for us at the Emirates. And uh, Jorginho, I think it was a good idea to mm. rotate him for Partey because, I mean, I was talking to another one of my Arsenal mates before the game and Partey probably over the last few games has been one of our worst players over the last few games. And it's good to Agreed. see a, an experienced player kind of come in at this stage of the season where we needed a calm head in midfield, be able to control the game, ping passes left, right, centre, forwards, backwards. Yeah. I think Jorginho was that perfect kind of replacement for Partey just for the moment. And he was he was calm on the ball in every single area of the pitch today. And the fact that he was playing against his former club clearly didn't phase him whatsoever. And... I applaud him for that because you never know. It might be quite difficult for for someone cough, to... Cough, cough, Aubameyang. Cough, cough. Exactly, exactly. I think he only had nine, eight touches today. I know that he went off at half-time, but I think that's a total of under 20 touches against Arsenal this whole season. And that, that's actually it's very nothing bad. Personal. It's nothing personal, is it? That's very true. It's very true. But yeah, on Jorginho, who he, I think... There are some players that can crumble under the pressure of playing against your your former club. Maybe there's a, a thing of your former club knowing how you play, knowing your style of play, so they're able to catch you out here and there. I know we know that Chelsea aren't the team that they used to be, but there was none of that from Jorginho. And I mean, even from the start of the game, we were a little bit shaky at one point. Um, I think Enzo Fernandez had a shot within the first few minutes, but Jorginho was that first person out to get. To that ball get the block in and kind of set Arsenal straight to be like look come on let's get forward we have to keep this pressure up mm. and it was actually really good to see the fact that he was that person to kind of bring us forward because you can see once again what the players have said he is a leader in our side because of the experience that he has he's not just a player to kind of replace Partey when he's not doing so well or replace Partey when he's injured He's, a, he's an experienced player that can actually really help Arsenal going forward. And as a collective, as a whole team, he he can he can sometimes glue us together mm. and lead us forward. We know that Odegaard is obviously a fantastic, fantastic leader, but then having multiple players on the pitch 
being able to lead this team together, not individually, is fantastic. And Jorginho complements everyone else on that pitch. Hmm. Yeah, I thought he was very good. I thought he was very good. And as I, as I said to you, I've been banging on the drum for Mikel Arteta to start him in recent weeks because we've lacked that control in games against the likes of Southampton, against the likes of Liverpool, West Ham, Manchester City. And when you buy a player like Jorginho, he's critical in in the in these games because he can offer something which is priceless for me. And that's experience, composure, calmness on the ball in high-pressure moments, in high-pressure games. And I think we missed that in recent weeks because it seemed at times it was very chaotic, very emotional. And you just at times need someone to grab the ball and say, OK, listen, calm down. Let's just play football. Let's forget about everything else. Let's pass and play football and play our game. And I think they he, he was fantastic. But two other players who I thought um, were very good, which which I'll speak on, um, Martin Odegaard. Um, fantastic, fantastic um, uh, performance by our captain. Uh, two great goals, um, different goals, but similar the way how it how it worked yeah, out. Yeah. The first goal is fantastic, uh, great hit uh, off on the underside of the bar, and then the second goal, I, I, I prefer that if I'm honest because the way he hits the ball into the ground and it bounces in past Kepa, beautiful goal. But Granit Xhaka and Martin Odegaard, they were both fantastic. I yeah. think I thought Granit Xhaka was unreal. I thought he had such a very good game. Uh, you could probably say he's got three assists, but I know that I'm probably going to give him for Gabriel Jesus' goal. But I thought Granit Xhaka, his engine, his durability, the way he was going up and down the pitch, the way he was going getting into the pockets that he's done for most of the season in, in the left centre mid position, he was very good. And then Martin Odegaard, uh, what, what he's done for Arsenal this season, he's going to continue getting better and better because... He's now adding what we've said last season, which we need to see more of. And that's goals, that's assists, goal output. And now I think he's got 20 um, goals and assists output in terms of contributions this season. And I think that's fantastic. And yeah, they were both terrific, weren't they? Yeah, I'm going to start on Shaka. He, I think tonight kind of like it shone through. You could see the the Shaka that we had been highlighting in previous games this season, because obviously we had been saying he's that player that he gets up and down the pitch, up and down the pitch. He's got an engine in him. And you could really see that again in this game. Sometimes he goes a little bit quiet or, or unnoticed. Maybe, maybe it isn't even the fact that he doesn't play well. He just goes a little bit unnoticed, but today that was not the case at all. And he played very, very well. And, Obviously, getting two brilliant assists, pinpoint passes, really, to Odegaard. They clearly know each other very, very well. And Relationships, isn't it? Exactly. And, I mean, Odegaard, Gabriel Jesus and Shaka, that our leadership team mm. clearly has that relationship that we are loving to see in this in this Arsenal side and the chemistry that they have. Their kind of link, their link-up play... The three of them, let alone just Odegaard and Shaka, is phenomenal. And I think Shaka has a fantastic kind of like part to play in that because because of his work rate to start off with. I say that he gets up and down the pitch, but you see him actually pop up in these difference when Shaka plays. And yes, yes, I I completely agree. I think Vieira obviously isn't at that stage that we want just yet and obviously is a kind of like backup to Shaka and it's clear to see 
from this game because as I was saying, he he pops up in those pockets in attacking attacking wise and defensive wise. He'll do a shift defensively. I mean, we we've always said uh, in previous years that Shaka isn't good enough defensive wise, and Arteta clearly see seen that, and he's clearly seen something in Shaka going forward uh, and kind of producing something attacking wise and goal creation wise. And it's clearly working because he has done very, very well. And he's obviously provided two, two assists today. Hmm. Um, it was unfortunate for him to not get a goal. I think he had a very good chance at one point. I think Kepa saved it. Um, yeah. He didn't quite get the ball out of his feet, but as I was saying, he pops up in those he pops up in those positions. Some maybe, if you think about it, the a thing that he could possibly work on is his goal scoring ability and his finishing. Because today, or maybe on another day, Shaka maybe would have put that in the back of the net. But regardless, he's played very very well. And then Odegaard, different class, really, isn't he? Yeah. He. He is the heart of this Arsenal side, really. And yeah. I mean, I know that obviously it was a couple of weeks ago, but I'm, I'm going to go back to the Southampton game. He was the one that started everything for us in that game, really, to kind of get us going. Hmm. And today he was that person to get us going from an early, from from early on in the game. It's the way he presses. It's the way yeah, he presses yes, from the front. Yes, yes, it's exactly. Just, you know, he causes that. It's infectious. Like when you see someone that's, rallying and basically pressurizing the defense from the first minute he's pressing and he doesn't stop he, he works his socks off and yeah. then you look at that you look at Abakar Saka Gabriel Jesus Shaka they look at that and think okay we need to follow the same uh, energy that this guy is doing because if we don't he'll put us to shame because he yeah. gives it eight, nine out of ten ten out of ten every single week and yeah he, he's just a phenomenal phenomenal footballer yeah, he puts his heart and soul into everything. You can see it. I mean, fr- from the offset, from the kickoff, he is that first person that will that will push the back line, the Chelsea back line today. And I mean, he he he, he is that person to because, like in those in those positions when you're pressing, it brings the whole team forward, and it actually kind of gives the gives the side a bit of confidence to to push up with him to to put pressure on that backside. And Chelsea couldn't deal with it at hmm. all. And Chelsea couldn't deal with him, frankly. Chelsea couldn't deal with how good Odegaard is. He's so skillful. He's so slick. And the passes that he plays, they might be simple. They might be tricky. But they come off nine out of ten times. There were a couple of times a couple of weeks ago that he was a little bit sloppy. But he's sorted that out about his game today, definitely. And fair enough. I, I I think it's fair enough that he's got man of the match. Definitely deserved with those two goals. Per, I mean, perfect Arsenal goals, really. Passing, 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 out wide, crossed in, bang, in the back of the net. Mm. And I think we'd speak, we were speaking about crosses. I think it was yet in yesterday's agenda that we were missing Ivan Tony. We were missing that aerial threat. But when you're getting in those pockets, in that space, in the box, like Odegaard was doing today, you don't need that as much. And, I mean, we can clearly see that we we can completely dominate and almost demolish a team when we get in those positions in the box where we get those pinpoint crosses 
pinpoint passes off and when they come off it is so satisfying it's sensational and it is it's a fantastic way to get this arsenal team going into a game especially with the goal that he scored to start to start off our goal our three goals today i think odegaard you really need to give him credit to mm-hmm. for the whole kind of like team's performance because you because as i was saying he brings the team forward he starts everything that's what it seems like sometimes that he is that person to kind of like put the key in the car and get it going mm-hmm. and then that arsenal team is the car they go forward with him yeah. whenever he isn't as good the team isn't as good and mm-hmm. i think you can really see it and yeah you just really need to give him a lot of credit for a lot of the success arsenal have actually been through this season yeah top 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 player it's a, it's a good metaphor to be fair good analogy when you think about it with the key and the car yeah. but i want to get the negatives out of the way because there are negatives um in terms of the performance that first half i thought we were incredible and when i watch manchester city they're ruthless manchester city have this ruthless streak within them that when they go three no up majority of the time they go for the kill they get the fourth they get the fifth they get the sixth and they don't rest on their laurels if that makes sense they don't think okay we're three nil up we all we're all about to seal the three points and let's just let's just take this game let's just take the three points and we don't really need to we can reserve our energy in a way and i thought arsenal's second half performance was good to be fair um they created chances um on another day they probably four and five goals i thought kepa made some good saves we were unlucky um we had the goal line clearance from tiago silva but there's just something about this arsenal team it shows that they're still not the finished article in a way they're still learning they're still evolving they're still developing and it makes me laugh when i see pundits when i see opposing fans go on social media tweet nonsense saying Arsenal will fall off a cliff next season. They may not get top four. That's not going to happen. I'll sit here on the 2nd of May at 10.25pm and say that's not going to happen. I expect this Arsenal team to go again next season and fight for the Premier League title again with Manchester City. Arsenal, this Arsenal team is just lacking a bit of know-how, a bit of killer instinct, a bit of experience in terms of player profiles. That can be the likes of Declan Rice, Moses Caicedo, whoever. But they, in terms of recruitment, they just need the fin- finishing touches. And in terms of performance, when they're 3-0 up, don't rest on your laurels. Go for the kill. When it was 3-0 up, I was thinking, okay, we could score six or seven here if we're ruthless. Liverpool are good at that when they go 3-0, 4-0 up in past seasons when they're going for the title. They used to go for the kill at Anfield. Manchester City, you see what they do at the Etihad. They go for the kill. And the problem with this Arsenal team is sometimes we we lack concentration in key moments and we allow the uh, the opponent to come back into the game. And we saw it tonight. We've seen it against Southampton. We've seen it against West Ham. We've seen it against Liverpool. It's like a it's like a it's like a Achilles. Like it's something which which will hurt us in the long run. And I think that's something that we need to take out of our game. Zinchenko, obviously, defensively again. Not the best, if we're being honest. I think on the yeah. ball, he's fantastic. But even then, on the ball, I thought tonight, he never had the best of games. But that's the thing. For me, sometimes, not sometimes, we lack that ruthless edge. And if we want to be winning Premier League titles, 
you're going to be going toe-to-toe with Manchester City for 38 games. We can't do that. We have to kill teams. Don't give them a sniff. Because if you give them a sniff, then you get nervous. Then you get chaotic. Then then, then there's just tension within, within the players, within the passing, etc. So if I'm going to be critical... I think that's the criticism I'm gonna I'm gonna aim towards this Arsenal team. I think that's a fair criticism, if I'm honest. Yeah, definitely. The I mean, you say about the killer instinct. We need to knock them down where they stand yeah. in this in the Emirates Stadium in um, the London Stadium against West Ham. We saw it then where we got punished because we were complacent. We kind of like made it feel like it was a training game. And then in doing so, it was like, oh, we're going to breeze through this. Yeah. No, we got hurt because of it, because of that killer instinct, because that wasn't there. And today, you never know, it could have been a different story. Ramsdale might have not been up, been up to the task. Chilwell might have scored that chance. Mm. And then it would have been a completely different game. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous, but I was... I wasn't bit. nervous. The only reason I wasn't nervous is because it's Chelsea. Yes. If I'm being, exactly. if I'm being completely yeah. honest, that's the only reason I wasn't nervous because they are horrific. They are yeah. horrific. I've got I've got friends who support Chelsea and I was on WhatsApp and they keep saying to me, oh, think about the title. I'm thinking, I replied to them basically saying, you've got Bournemouth to worry about. Like Bournemouth on your, on your coattails. And the best thing about Bournemouth is the beach and you're worrying <laughs> about them. Like, they're shocking. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what it was. In in other circumstances, I'll be nervous, but today I wasn't really that nervous. But we shouldn't put ourselves in a position to basically be exactly like, fearing that. Yeah, exactly. The I mean, you were talking about Liverpool. I mean, they beat Man U seven nil this hmm. season. They was it nine nil that they nine beat Bournemouth as well. Yeah. We need to completely break teams down where they stand where we get the chance to do so because you never know it could help us in the goal difference run you never know where we need that because a sloppy a sloppy goal was given away today because Zinchenko fell asleep it seemed like he fell asleep it was a little bit careless and as I'm and as I said about the West Ham game we got a bit complacent and it put us on the back foot for a little while. They, yeah. It gave them a little bit of momentum. Obviously, they weren't able to get anything from it. But on another day, maybe a different team, completely yeah. different. And West Ham is a prime example of that. Liverpool is a prime example of that. But, yeah, we just need to be able to completely, completely demolish a team where we have the chance to. Because we did have the chance to. We just took our foot off the gas a little bit. And we shouldn't have done that. We should have kept going. Just make sure that we kill that team off where they have no chance of getting back because a different team, as I was just saying, would have actually been like, you know what, we've actually got a chance here when they when when they score that first goal to make it 3-1. They've got, how, how long was it, 20 minutes left? Yeah. You've seen it the other day, Tottenham against Liverpool. Exactly, exactly. They were Liverpool were three 0 up. Obviously, Liverpool ended up winning, which is very, very funny. Jersey. But, <laughs> but yeah, a different day, a different result. You never know. Hmm. And the only way that we are going to know, and the only way that we are going to find out, is if we completely rip a team apart, 
make sure that we get that fourth goal, that fifth goal. For, at 4-0, I would have been a lot more calm than what I was at the end of that, towards the end of that game. Because even then, even then, even if you grab a fourth goal, I want to see us grab a fifth. I want to exactly. see us grab a sixth. Exactly. I, want to, I want us to hurt teams. I don't want yeah. to, I don't want us to feel sorry for them because we've gone three no up. Hit them where it hurts. Hit them where it hurts. And that's a sign of a good team. And for for this Arsenal team, I think that's the next stage of this project. That it'll come though. It will come, honestly. Like they, they're still learning, they're still evolving. This is a very, very young team going for the first Premier League title together. And they'll make mistakes. They'll they'll have uh, weaknesses, they'll have strengths, they'll have positives, they'll have negatives. But what they'll do, they'll improve. And next season, you can see them going again. You can see them hurting teams. And I think that's what I say. Don't rest on your laurels if you go 3-0 up. Because football is a funny old game. It is a funny old game. It takes one goal and the whole dynamic of the game has changed. And you've seen in the past few weeks, that has, that has been the reason why it's hurt us in this title race. That's probably been the reason why Manchester City are now in poor position to win this league title. But they'll learn. They'll get better. And that will come from player recruitment. That will come with better players. That will come with um, this experience that they've had this season. Yeah. So I, I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, if if they can not be too complacent when you're three 0 up or two 0 up, um, I'll be I'll be very happy. Um, a few comments here. Um, SJ says Saka needs a rest. Such a fat player, loving to bits. Yeah, Saka. To be fair, I think since. You're probably looking at that West Ham game, the penalty miss. I think maybe has affected him, the penalty miss. Um, you never know how, how things work. The pressure does get to young players. He's young himself. I know he's, he's, he's a fantastic talent, world-class player, but he's human as well. And what has happened in, in, for this team in the past few weeks, it would have hurt him because he loves this club. He loves this football club. He wants to be a success. He wants to win. And I think... We need to get to a stage next season that when we come to the last stages of the season in big games, big moments, we're rotating Saka a bit more. We have someone that can come in and take the load of him. And I think that's, again, something that we need to do um, next season and look for someone that can come. Maybe that could be a recent awesome. Again, we don't know what the future holds with them. Uh, before we wrap up, Charlie, uh, top of the league tonight... <laughs> Uh, until Manchester City play tomorrow against West Ham United, we discussed it yesterday. We said that Arsenal have have got to have got to go and win the next final five games. We've won one. Okay, I expect us to win. If I'm honest, I know it's a, I know we're playing against Chelsea, but the way Chelsea are performing right now, you expect this Arsenal team to bounce back, get a reaction, and get the three points on board. They've done that. What I look now, we've got a massive game. Massive game this weekend against Newcastle United. If we go to St. James's Park and win, I think then the pressure will seriously be on Manchester City, yeah. if I'm being honest. Because then Pep Guardiola will be thinking, raw, okay, they've gone to St. James's Park, one of the most hostile atmospheres in the Premier League in England, and they picked up three points. And that will that gives you a mental block, not only to Pep Guardiola, but to these Manchester City players, because then they'll be going into games such as Leeds United on the weekend. I know they played before us and they could have a four-point gap. But give that example, that Leeds United game. Before, when Javi Grazia was in charge, 
That's a Manchester City win all day long. That's a four or five niller. Now that Sam Allardyce has in, in pole position, he's going to be the next Leeds United manager for these next four games. The dynamics change for me. Like Leeds United will be scrapping for their lives. Sam Allardyce will be scrapping for that payout. Honestly, uh, <laughs> 2.5 million pounds if he keeps Leeds United. Oh, boy, if, oh, I would love to have something like that. But again, they'll be scrapping. And if Arsenal can go to St. James's Park, get a win on board, then Manchester City, the pressure will be on. What we have to do as a team, as players, as a manager, as a fan base, we have to keep the pressure on Manchester City. Don't have any regrets when you come towards the end of May. Win every single game, get to 90 points, and hope for Manchester City step up. They've still got difficult games. Brighton away, Brentford away, Leeds United I'm going to put into that because Sam Allardyce, it changes the whole dynamics. Uh, Everton at Goodison Park. Everton are scrapping for their lives. So what we have to do, win our games, worry about ourselves. We've got a blueprint now. Don't change the team. Don't change the team for this weekend against uh, Newcastle United. Hopefully Gabriel will be all right. Um, party, uh, maybe you bring him in for Jorginho again. I don't know because obviously I look at Newcastle United's midfield and their midfield is solid. Joe Willock, Bruno Guimaraes, uh, Joe Linton. But then I worry about Thomas Party, how he's performed in recent weeks. He's not at the best level right now. So do you keep the same team that has performed well against Chelsea, got that confidence back? But where do you stand right now? We have to just do focus on ourselves in it and win our games, and then hopefully Man City slip up. Yeah, I've just got to reiterate what you said, really. You, you just got to fo- we've got to focus on ourselves, take each game as it comes, because if we start focusing elsewhere, if, we, if our mind wanders, then that's where we start to kind of crumble, I think. That's where we'll start to see a, a downhill slope for us, because right now, for tomorrow, it's in City, it's, it's obviously in City's hands. Yeah. We'll see what they can do with that. And then obviously they have a game before us when we play on Sunday. So I think what we need to do, focus on us, focus on Newcastle, because Newcastle, as you say, very good team, very difficult place to go. And we saw that at the end of last season where they kind of, where they they broke our Champions League hearts. Well, this year is going to be a completely different ball game. We're not having them break our title heart. Arts. Yeah. We're not going to have them do that to us two seasons in a row because, our, I mean, obviously that I'm speaking about the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not as bright it's as it was. Shot, but it's not but a shot, is it? Exactly, exactly. But if Newcastle get a result against us, then I think yeah. then you're then you're starting to see that kind of light come to a close. Yeah. And I don't think Arsenal are going to have any of it. We have we have some unfinished business at St. James's and I think we'll be able to see that there'll be a lot of hopefully there'll be a lot of kind of like that killer instinct that we haven't seen today in that Newcastle game because I think some players in that Arsenal side will be think possibly thinking about last season but then as I say we can't really be thinking about anything else apart from getting the win we need to keep our minds focused take each game as it comes and this next game is Newcastle mm. then when we hopefully defeat Newcastle then we move on to the next that's mm. that's the only thing that we can be doing 
for the next yeah, few it's, games. It's an outside chance. Like I don't sit here and say that Arsenal in pole position, the title race is back on. We have an outside chance. A chance it is. It's an outside chance. I'll take it, to be fair. And anything can happen. Anything can happen in, in this division. I go back to 2011, 2012. When Manchester City and Manchester United were going for the Premier League title, Manchester City, I think this was their first Premier League title in 50 years or so. And it was coming to, I think, the final six games. And Arsenal beat Manchester City at the Emirates. Mikel Arteta scored that goal. And everyone said, Manchester City's tight hopes are done. I watched that game, and that's what the commentator said. Manchester City's tight hopes are done. It's over. Manchester United are going to go on to win the Premier League title. What happened? Manchester United drew 4-4 against Everton at Old Trafford. They lost to Wigan, I think, uh, at the DW Stadium. I think Sean Maloney scored a fantastic goal. Uh, my memory is decent, so I'm hoping I'm right in terms of that. And then Manchester City beat Manchester United at the Etihad. Vincent Company scored. And the twi- title race pendulum swung in three games. Three games is all it took. So it's an out, outside chance, but I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before, what I've just uh, touched on. So what we have to do, like I said, focus on what we've got going on right now. I'm happy that we've got our confidence back and we've got a good win against Chelsea. Now we focus on getting the players ready for the next game against Newcastle. It's going to be a different game. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard because Newcastle United, they've been phenomenal this season. They expected to get Champions League football. But we go there and if you can get a win, I just want us, I just want us to put the pressure back on Manchester City. Take it to the final game if we can. Take it to the final game of the season. And yeah, if we lose, fair enough. But don't have any regrets. Don't have any regrets. I think that's the perfect way to sign off, don't you? I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, folks, if you've um, enjoyed the chat, myself and Charlie, uh, please drop a like, subscribe. Uh, myself and Tom will be back on tomorrow morning. I've not seen Tom for two weeks. Like, I'm missing. Honestly, <laughs> two weeks. It's been it's been a long time. But yeah, we'll be back for the morning agenda show tomorrow at ten a.m. But yeah, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Anything can happen, but I'm happy that Arsenal returned to winning grades. It's been a long time. But yeah, if you've enjoyed the show, folks, drop a like, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way.